0: Hour two, here we go. Got a lot of LSU-Texas to talk about. as the game we've kind of been looking forward to for years, probably since Coach O was hired here and Tom Herman was hired in Texas. (laughs) This one circled. It's LSU-Texas on Saturday, a top-10 battle in the biggest game in college football. There is no doubt about that. We'll get to that discussion in just a second. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll online is about their professional counterparts from LSU here. It's about the Saints. How many games do you think the Saints are going to win this year? You can cash your vote at WWL.com or the radio.com app. Also, a couple of times for the rest of our show, we're going to have a big giveaway to the uh, Houdat Nation Rally. On Saturday, WWL and the founding father of the Houdat Nation, Bobby A. Uh, we're going to be there the Houdat Nation Rally. Bobby is going to take center stage at that. At the LaSalle Park in Metairie, Saturday at 6.30, he'll introduce Choppa. I'm going to perform, Chop is, and the guys are going to stick around and lead the Hudat Nation Rally at 7 o'clock. You've got to be there. So um, we're going to let you get your posse together here and wear your black and gold and help us set a record for the most Hudats cheering together for a Tudat. It'll be kind of cool. I can join Bobby Christian and Team WWL for the Hudat Rally at the Hudat Nation Rally and Music Fest on Saturday at LaSalle Park. We want you to be there, so we are, again, giving away a couple of Family four-packs of tickets today and tomorrow. So when you hear Bobby Bear's version of When the Saints Go Marching In, you're going to give us a call. Caller number eight will win that four-pack of tickets to this. So a couple of times throughout the rest of our show, pay attention and listen up for Bobby Bear's sounder there. So I'll show you Texas against, this, uh, against each other this week. And I've been thinking about how to handicap this game. <laughs> And really dive into, well, you know, what, how am I going to explain the disparity that I see? And you know what? When I was show prepping today for a few hours, I, I kind of just, I literally, well, I literally threw a couple of pages I had in the wastebasket and just kind of threw my hands up and said, you know what? I'm just going to tell it like it is. LSU is a better football team than Texas. I mean, they just are. I mean, I could try to play euphemisms, and I could try to, you know, pat the Longhorns on the head here a little bit, and it's football, and anybody can win a football game, but I'm sorry, LSU is a much better football team than the Texas Longhorns right now. Frankly, it's not very close. You know who agrees with me? Las Vegas. Las Vegas, who has, right now, LSU is 6.5-point favorites on the road, which means in a neutral environment, they're about 10-point favorites. Now, anti-LSU haters or Texas fans out there, you can shake your fist at the radio and get mad at me, but I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm telling you what the facts are here. LSU is a better football team than Texas. It doesn't mean they're going to win the game, but it means they should. And they're heavy favorites for a reason. A few reasons for this. You can just look at three prongs. First, LSU's defense against Texas offense, against the Texas offense, is a massive disparity. LSU might have the best defense in college football, certainly one of them. While Texas's offense under Sam Ellinger is, look, they're good. He's good. They're not the counterpart to LSU's dominant unit on that side of the football. And if you flip that around and go LSU's offense, the new look offense that we saw last week, last weekend against Georgia Southern, against Texas's defense that lost a lot off that team last year and should not be... At least nobody thinks they're going to be among the country's best this year, even close to it. I mean, the disparity's there. The gap between LSU's defense and Texas's offense, LSU wins that matchup. If you go LSU's offense against Texas's defense, LSU wins that matchup. I mean, you could break it down even more. LSU's receiving core last week proved they they might have the best group of receivers they've had since Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry we're on campus. You expect the Longhorns to slow that group down and Joe Burrow down? Come on now. We got smarter football fans than that out there. And here is the, the craziest part about all this. is You, you kind of break this down. And I know it's just one week, and a lot of this is speculation. And I'm not definitively saying this is true, but I think it's a conversation that people are going to have after this game. Joe Burrow might be better than Ellinger. He might be better this year than Sam. That could be true. There's so many factors into this. Accuracy, his leadership, his confidence. If I told you that last November or December, people would have laughed me off the air. That's a legitimate conversation that we're having right now. Texas's offensive line is better and more tested than LSU's offensive line. Outside of that, LSU pretty much wins every position-by-position position battle when you go up and down that roster. And sometimes breaking down a football game is as simple as unit A against unit B, the offense against the defense, and vice versa. And frankly, LSU's winning those, and it's not close. And I talked to a lot of people in Vegas about this and why that line went from a pick em back up to 6.5 points and frankly, all of the sharp money they told me has been pouring in on LSU. Just dump truck full of money coming in on LSU when they saw that line as a pick or close to it. I think this game's going to be fun to watch. But right now, if anybody is going to tell you with a straight face, Joe and Mandeville or anybody else, that Texas should be considered the equal of LSU – before this game go ahead and you should laugh them out of the room because it's just not true It's just not true let's go to the phone lines at 504-260-1870 taylor in kenner taylor what's up
1: hey seth uh i wanted to ask you since we're on the subject of joe burrow what do you think his his odds are winning the heisman this year any good
0: I don't think so and look I could be convinced I mean one weekend I I would put that percentage a lot higher than I would have before Georgia Southern when we saw the new offense I just can't see it when you have guys like Tua and now Jalen Hurts out there in Oklahoma Justin Avery I thought he was pretty good in that game up for Oregon I just don't see it I mean if LSU goes undefeated and they're playing in that playoff he'll get some votes he might even get invited to that uh, final ceremony I just can't see him winning the award though Taylor
1: Well, I saw ESPN's latest polls, and they had him at number five uh, right behind, uh, I think it was Wisconsin's running back, Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Uh, and and here's what I would say, Taylor. You, you You remember the guy last year named Gardner Minshew? Mississippi Mustache? Yeah. yeah. He wasn't on anybody's radar this time of year. In fact, I think he was in a battle with his backup up for Mike Leach at Washington State. Uh, didn't even know if he was going to start. So uh, here's what happens with these very early Heisman rankings that, frankly, way too early to talk about. I don't really understand why a lot of the cable sports shows are doing this. I guess they just can't find any better filler. But they're just going to grab the quarterback names or the big-time running backs from the premier programs, and they're going to put them on that list. And that's what happened with Joe Burrow. I'll tell you this, if Joe Burrow plays like he did against Georgia Southern for most of this year, you'll hear me on the air saying Joe Burrow is a clear Heisman candidate, but it's way too early for that. Look, maybe we'll have a bigger conversation about that if he lights up Texas and that defense that I think uh, has some some holes there. Thanks, Taylor. It's a good question, though. Let's go to Joe in Mandeville that's going to come, I'm sure, with his uh, defense of his Longhorns. Joe, what's up?
1: All right, so uh, you're telling me that the receiving core from LSU is better than Texas.
0: I'll, I'll tell you what I saw. What I saw from LSU in one game, I think they're deeper than Texas's core. I think they are four to five deep. Yes, I do. I would put the entirety of LSU's against, receiving.
1: Against George
0: Southern. i'm not just talking about that i'm talking about the people that i've talked to the film that i've watched for all of these oh. receivers in camp and going back to the summer i'm willing and joe you know me i wouldn't say that if i didn't believe it i'm not just saying that to appease lsu fans i really believe that joe So
1: you're telling me that six foot six colin johnson is not any better than any of the receivers that lsu had, i right? did
0: look i didn't say that i'm not talking about you're one player i'm not talking about one player
1: No, you're telling me about Dubonair. Dubonair. You're telling me Dubonair is not any better than any other. Maybe Jefferson. Okay, maybe. Okay.
0: I hear hear, you talked about Jefferson. Thaddeus Moss, a Terrence Marshall Jr., Jamar Chase. We could go on here. I'm talking about the entirety of the LSU receiving core against the entirety of Texas, and I think it's a conversation, Joe. And, yeah, I do think that it's deeper than Texas's.
1: How can you say the deeper when they have no game
0: experience? Okay, and, and look, we can go back and forth on this. We're going to butt our butt our heads at each other, so right, I, I don't want to right, continue. Right. All right,
1: right, right, right. That's all I want. Okay, well, what? want to give winner, me, Are you going to call
0: one tomorrow one with the prediction, or you want to give yeah, us a prediction now? Okay,
1: one more, one more. I just want to bring up one more, and it's very important. All right. Okay, who's the
0: in rusher? What's his name? What's his name? Wait, Kayla Chason. Yeah. Okay. How
1: many games has he played? How many games has he? Well, played? Well, he was
0: injured last year, so he's played the one.
1: He's played two, and who has he gone up against?
0: No, I get it, the Joe. Point? I understand okay. that. Yeah. What's your point with What's more your point depth. with Jason?
1: That's what. Yeah, more depth on the front four. There, you got there. You go. I'm good with that. Okay. I'm, I'm good with what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay,
0: Joe. Joe, I think you were flailing a little bit there, especially with your, I guess, shot at LSU's defense. I don't really know. I guess I'll just let you stand there. I guess you believe that LSU's defensive front four and defense is worse than Texas's. Okay, I'll let you stand on that one. I'm not even going to respond to that. Um, I will say, though, that I I have been less than impressed with the noise coming from LSU, and I want to talk about that when we come back. So, Joe, you and I might agree about that. Plus, this Coach show against Tom Herman, I think it's personal. And I've been in situations like this in my life that I kind of think I know the fire that's driving Coach Joe this week as he gets ready to take on a guy that many people wanted to have the job that he has right now. Thanks for the call, Joe. Phone line's open for you at 504-260-1870. Our text line is eight seventy eight seventy. It's LSU Texas week here. Let's talk about it on WWL. LSU and Texas this weekend bragging rights for a lot of people, including Joe in Mandeville and everybody here at this station. Text from the 985 says, it's going to be interesting to see who eats Crow on Saturday, uh, me or Joe. Yeah, I guess it will. Look, I've called my shot, and you probably know who I'm picking when I make my picks tomorrow. But LSU is just a better football team than Texas. Better football teams don't always win the game. I'm not sitting here saying I don't see any way that Texas wins this game, but I will be picking LSU. We'll be picking LSU. The one thing that I have been less than thrilled about, I talked to you about this. I just I don't understand this very new school attitude where players, and this is seeped down even to the high school level, they all want to be so loud and they want to trash talk before the games even happen. I mean, I don't understand when on von Chason says something like this. I don't understand what good this does. Yeah, it's – they don't have a chance. That's your star defensive end, one of the stars of your defensive unit, saying that the other team doesn't stand a chance in their building against you. I mean, that doesn't seem very smart to me. I don't know. Maybe I've fished too much. You ever gone fishing, Logan, a lot? What's, well, like, the biggest rule when you fish? The, the, the quietest people – don't don't usually the people who are quietest catch the biggest fish? Well, yeah, those those who are quiet and those who are patient. Calevon Chason would not be a good fisherman. Neither would a lot of these players. And it's not just LSU. It's Texas players firing back, this whole DBU thing. I get it. There was a It was very poignant why they wore those shirts when they were supposed to. I don't understand what it accomplishes. Social media has conditioned us to pay attention to the loudest people. It's like we've turned, I don't know, if it, if we, we turned fishing on its head, and all of a sudden the people who were sque- screaming and waving and playing the loudest music, if they would catch the most fish, how weird would that be? Well, instead of paying attention to the people who are actually right or the people that actually might be better at their jobs, whether that's being a football player, a broadcaster, a a chef, whatever it is, it's the loudest ones that always gets the most attention and always get the most attention. Maybe I'm old school. I don't like it. I don't like it. The other aspect of this game that I find incredibly interesting is – Ed Ogeron against Tom Herman. We all know now that a lot of big-time influential LSU boosters and even people inside the athletic department, a lot of them wanted Herman to be the next coach at LSU when Coach O got the job. I am sure, and I've talked to people about this, it is stuck in Coach O's craw. Not a little bit, a lot bit. They're ultra-competitive guys, Herman and Orgeron. And this is personal. Anybody who's been in an ultra-competitive situation, or even if you're ultra-competitive yourself, I don't know if you've ever had a situation like this, whether it's a job interview and and somebody gets the job and maybe talks a little smack or vice versa, and you don't get it, and, and it becomes a little personal. I mean, go back to my high school basketball days. My freshman year, uh, I was... It was good enough where I was at least kind of on, I was close to getting brought up to to varsity when we did kind of our preseason tryouts. And I'll never forget this. And this still, this still bothers me today, even thinking about it. And I'm kind of getting a clenched jaw even knowing I'm going to talk about this. But there was this kid that was a year older than me. So he was a sophomore. His name was Darren. He didn't like me. And I didn't like him. He talked a lot of smack. He's a little bigger and stronger than me because he was a year older than me. And he was telling me all tryouts that I did not deserve to be on on the varsity basketball team. And he let me know about it every single day. And then when I did not make the varsity basketball team my freshman year, he spent about the next four months, again, letting me know about it and smack-talking me in the locker room and at the playground and in class. That stuck in my craw my entire high school career. You know what happened the next year when I was a little older, a little stronger? I beat the crud out of him on the basketball court. Not like a fight, but I just, I was better than him as a basketball player. I made varsity, ended up starting over him my sophomore, junior, and senior years. Well, junior, he wasn't there my senior year. And that drove me. It was, per- it really was personal. This is personal for Coach O against Tom Herman. There are still people inside the LSU fan base, and a lot of them, that don't believe Coach O is the right guy for this job. Even with his success the last couple of years, even with this new offensive rollout, you still see people on social media. We get callers on this program all saying, well, Tom Herman should have been the guy. Coach O's in over his head. This one matchup between the two teams, it's not going to prove who's the better coach. It's not going to make or break the Coach O era. It's not going to make or break the Herman era at Texas. But if you don't think Coach O is fired up for this one, with all the talk about the guy on the other side of the field, Maybe you just haven't been in a situation like that. I know I have. I know I have. 504-260-1870. You want to talk some LSU Texas with us? What do you think is going to happen this week? 504-260-1870. Our text line is 87870. We'll be back after this on the last lap right here on WWL. Top 10 matchup on Saturday in Austin. It's Texas hosting LSU. The entire football world will be paying attention because, frankly, it's one of about two or three games that are any kind of marquee status anywhere in the country. It kind of goes back to what I was talking about with Tim Brando in the before the season in August on this show about the real lack of parity in college football and how that's harming enthusiasm for the sport around the country. Look, it's fever pitch here for this one. But have you have you taken a look at the entire slate of college football this week? If you haven't, just go go to like the the schedule page of your favorite website in college football. And you know what you'll see? A distinct lack of top 25 matchups. This has become a plague on college football this time of year. I, mean, I grew up where you used to have marquee games a lot of them every week in the out of conference schedule. Every single week These LSU-Texas matchups, type matchups, are becoming an endangered species. They really are. And I give a lot of credit for LSU, and of course this was scheduled years ago, so it's not necessarily their doing immediately or in the the, uh, immediate past, but I I give them credit for this entire decade basically scheduling big-time Power 5 teams out of conference. And they'll continue to do it. 504-260-1870. 504-260-1870. Our text line is eight seventy eight seventy. I got a tweet here, at Seth Dunlap on Twitter. Texas stands no shot. Burrow greater than uh, Ellinger. Well, we'll find out. I don't know if I'm ready to make that complete uh, declaration yet. I want to see the entire season play out. I don't know how you can't be impressed with Joe Burrow in week one last week. I don't care who the opponent was. We haven't seen a quarterback at LSU Give a performance like that in one half of football, five touchdowns, nearly 300 yards, ever, ever, period, basically. <laughs> it, was, it was something really impressive. Here is another tweet at Seth Dunlap. You going to be at the game on Saturday? Uh, no, I will not. I will not. I got many duties to take care of here, including our Friday night football coverage that I host on Friday night. That would be nigh impossible for me to get to Austin, especially with all those tickets well sold out. Um, for that Saturday game. But you'll be able to catch all of our coverage on Saturday of LSU-Texas, beginning with the Gulf Coast Bank & Trust Tiger tailgating show, starting at 1 o'clock. Christian Garrick and former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler will begin our coverage then. Uh, They will be out at LaSalle Park in Metairie uh, that day. And then at 4.30, they'll have the official pregame show on the LSU Sports Radio Network with Chris Blair and Doug Morrow. Game time is 630 and, and then at six uh, 6.30, it's about 9.30, 10 o'clock, it'll be game time and then the post-game show after that. So 1 o'clock, that begins our coverage of LSU Texas on Saturday right here at WWL. Coach O, uh, he didn't say much today on his radio show, and usually he doesn't. I mean, look, you get Coach O in a moment of complete honesty, <laughs> and he's about as fun to listen to and chat with as anybody. On his uh, show today, the Coach O show hosted by Chris Blair, right here on WWL and the LSU Sports Radio Network. He talked about his matchup with the Longhorns. Yeah, and look, he says that about everybody. I think I have yet to hear a post game. Coach O uh, soundbite, excuse me, a pregame leading up to a matchup. Coach O soundbite that he doesn't say they're very strong at the point of attack. I mean, listen to him every week. He'll say that about everybody. Uh, I do agree with him. The Longhorns are pretty good. And like I said, their offensive line is better than LSU's. They just are. Here's a little more of Coach O on the Longhorns. Coach O on uh, the LSU Sports Radio Network uh, later tonight, and earlier tonight. And remember, 7 o'clock every Wednesday leading into our show, it's the Coach O Show right here on WWL. We're going to take a break. When we come back, let's switch focus back to the NFL. One thing we're doing this week, getting you set for NFL football, getting you set for the Saints' rivals and how their seasons might unfold. We went to Tampa yesterday, talked about the beginning of the Bruce Arians era. Well, today we'll go to Atlanta and we'll talk some Falcons. We're doing that when we come back on the last lap. Now, welcome back to the show. Saints opening up on Monday night football. Can't wait for that. Less than a week away. Hey, there's your sounder. It's Bobby Aber. That, of course, is Bobby A. Bear with his best Louis Armstrong impersonation. That is our contest sounder, which means At Nation. If you want to be in that number who's going to be at the Hudat Nation rally this Saturday, well, we've got a family four packet tickets for you right now. Call 260WINS. That's 2609467 right now. And the eighth caller is going to win with us at WWL again. 260 wins. That's 504-260 wins. Let's go to the phone lines. We'll talk a little Saints with Pierre and Gentili. Pierre, what's going on?
1: Hey, Stan, I actually wanted to talk some uh college ball
0: with you. Sure, let's do it.
1: Um last January, there was a team that I fell in love with, uh, National Championship, the Clemson Tigers. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get your opinion on uh Trevor Lawrence, I mean, how do you see him shaking out,
0: you know, as far as uh, NFL career? Uh, NFL, well, Pierre, that's a ways away. He's still got another two years, if you count this one, in college football. I mean, I can't project his NFL career then. I mean, I'd be blindly shooting free throws with the hands behind my back or something like that, man.
1: I I understand. I understand. But um, I I just, you know, I I, I fell in love with a man. And I think, you know, that's the two teams I'm rolling with this season. My LSU Tigers, of course, and Clemson Tigers, I think uh, could very well could be those two that end up in the championship, uh, you know, if, if LSU played the cards right.
0: Look, I think that could be. I think it's a possibility. And I really like Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how you couldn't like Trevor Lawrence. Wasn't great in his opener. In fact, he was less than great this last week. A couple of interceptions. He was just over 50% passing. So not a marquee opener for certainly a Heisman Trophy candidate or at least preseason kind of hibernation trophy candidate and favorite but Clemson will be fine they are 17 and a half point favorites against a Texas A&M on Saturday 17 and a half point favorites that is a massive spread against a team that was supposed to be among the better teams in the SEC but I guess maybe it's you know the SEC against everybody else again we'll see that's I guess that's the second marquee college football matchup after this Texas LSU game. I I don't—17 and a half. That's tough. Maybe that'll be part of our pick six when we pick six games against the spread next hour. And by the way, everybody listening out there, this season we're actually allowing our audience to become a guest picker. It'll be Logan against myself, against you, against the audience do that next hour. Actually, we're going to double dip next hour, 10 o'clock hour, final hour of the show, you into some college football and NFL lines. Ben Mintz from Shreveport will join us first, radio host there, and then also professional poker player, does a lot of sports betting. And then we go out to Vegas with Ralph Michaels, and then it's pick six. So that's coming up in the final hour of the program. Look at our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at wwl.com How many games is Saints going to win this year? We asked our audience that earlier tonight, and the poll's still up right now. 45% of you are saying 12 wins. Nearly 50% saying 12 wins. It's spread out pretty evenly among the rest of the choices that we gave, which was less than 10, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 plus. So pretty even split there. I haven't given you my season prediction yet. We're going to do that tomorrow on the show as I kind of go game by game with the New Orleans Saints schedule and also – Um, Take a look at everybody in the NFL. Look, It's two consecutive years. I think I'm allowed to pat myself on the back for this one because it's a tough thing predicting NFL records. Two straight years, I've nailed the Saints record. I said 11 wins two years ago, said 13 wins last year. So, yeah, so maybe you need to listen to me. (laughs) And when I tell you how many games the Saints are going to win, that'll be tomorrow. One hour of the show, though, still to come here on WWL.